0: Welcome to the Grand Rising Podcast, where emotional sovereignty meets empowerment. Join hosts Katrina and Liz as we embark on a beautiful journey of transmuting emotion to create our world through the lenses of astrology, human design, and divine feminine empowerment. In each episode, we delve into emotional growth even during the most challenging of times by offering insights, tools, and wisdom to help you not only manage but thrive on your emotional journey. Subscribe today for celestial insights, heartfelt conversations, humor, and a cosmic dose of wisdom to elevate your emotional intelligence and transform your world. To the grand rising podcast my name is liz and i am here with one of my dearest friends katrina and we are here today um to have what we're now coining our freestyle episodes where we're gonna kind of just talk um about different topics so there's going to be um you know we're going to take uh, consideration from our, our audience and to see what they would like to hear. We may do questions and answers. We may read a chart um, and see so that um, you guys can understand how, how that process would go if you're interested in, in getting a personal, you know, either astrology or human design reading from us. So um, I think we're going to start today just kind of doing some reflecting on how far we've come, you know, with this podcast. We've been doing this now for about nine months or so it seems like we start like in
1: we started in july so it was about oh, was it july? seven months maybe. okay
0: okay so and we've completely renamed it rebranded it redone, <laughs> redone the whole thing the whole format everything we were we started doing like a weekly transit um and then we just decided that um we wanted to do something that was a little bit more evergreen for you guys, that you guys could come back and listen to again and again, that would be more relevant for your lives and not just, you know, once the energy of the week is done, then it's done. Um, So we've shifted uh, and rebranded to, to encompass that. And it's just been great, I think. And we finally, this time have gotten onto this, you know, where we're doing, um, you know, this theme and we talked about it, in the last episode, you know, how the first week is going to be kind of a monthly overview. Second week is going to be an emotional intelligence topic. Third week is going to be a deep dive into a, into whatever sign we're in for the year. Um, it could be, you know, going, you know, once we've gone through all the 12 signs, we might do a deep dive into, um, you know, a human design center or really look at a, a gate or a channel or, you know, whatever, some kind of special topic in regards to the chart so that it could help you guys navigate and learn how to read your own charts. Um, and then the last episode is just going to be kind of us just talking because it's funny because, you know, after we record all the time, we, we sit down and, and have a conversation and and um, to kind of talk about how things went. And, and my husband's always like, why aren't you recording this
1: conversation? <laughs> Almost every time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so we were like, why aren't we recording this conversation? And so I think today is going to be um, kind of our first crack at, at just being a little bit you know off the cuff and and just kind of talking maybe about um you know how we've we've um you know definitely has been an evolution as two uh, elder millennial women who are you know not maybe as high tech um to kind of go out on our own and start this podcast um we it's definitely not been without its struggles i think a lot of people um are so they want to put their best you know, foot forward all the time and act like everything is so easy and so um, perfect the first time. But we're here to tell you that's not how it is at all. It's so much trial and error to do something like this. I mean, I think we worked how many months were we working on our sound just in in not being able to like in hearing an echo? I mean, if you go back and listen to some of our old episodes, there's definitely like an echo and, and even now, um, you know, we're looking at moving the studio and, and doing more and doing even a video component um, and painting a mural for the backdrop. So there's so much, um, you know, that has come in this evolution. And I think, you know, it's, um, just to kind of show you guys that it, it's okay to not be perfect and to still put something out there if you want to, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think in the beginning, we, we started to try to do video even through yeah. Zoom, and then we decided, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And so the, the evolution has been crazy. And, and I think back to when we talked about the rebranding with Roots for the Venus retrograde in Leo, mm-hmm. and we never at the time – really considered it to be about the podcast, but it ended up totally being about the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And then we created the whole event chart for when we started the podcast and saw all of that in the chart. And that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Um, the, I think, you know, just being authentic and being honest about, um, about these types of things is helpful because like you said, I think, you know, you get online and you see all these like perfectly put together podcasts with the great lighting and, and, you know, just the Gary whole nine yards and right. <laughs> whereas it's it, it's that's not they did something to get there, right? Oh, that, yeah. This is this is not I mean, you can go and there's people out there that are honest, like we're being honest, who say, Yeah, you know, if you don't do a sound test, you're gonna end up having to, you know, re record things and right. and, the, and 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 are honest about their struggles. And so we did. We definitely had our struggles. Absolutely. <laughs> um, trying to figure out like not just the sound and the technical stuff, but also like you said, the direction, yeah, that we wanted to take because we started doing them weekly transits, and then we realized, like, okay, but after this week, like these are no longer relevant right. topics. I mean, obviously, if somebody wanted to go back and listen to it and like whatever, Compare but it to their chart, but or but like the past is the past, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right, and so I really am excited about the new direction of the podcast because at the core of what we both want to teach is emotional intelligence. Yep, and so. I'm very excited about the uh, the one we already did this month, uh, the, our second episode, which we talked about stoicism mm-hmm. um, and that as an emotional theme. And so I'm excited to see what themes we'll come up with uh, each month, according to the energy uh, to talk about there. Um, but we're also still giving the astrology and the human design, which is what we first branded ourselves. So we're still, we're still, that's our roots, right? Yes. Um, but then we're just sort of branching out from there is all. Um, so, yeah.
0: It's kind of teaching you, I mean, I feel like to, tr- to be able to use the things that you know about yourself in, you know, the, the form of astrology and human design. Because it's it's really, they're very accurate systems. Um, and like you, we always talk about, it's always in the charts. It's always in the human design. And so, um, they're, you know, to to learn about how to manage your energy and how to, what to expect on a collective level but still how it can relate to you personally in your life Um, because a lot of things that happen on the collective and everybody gets all freaked out about the collective but like you can still have fabulous time depending on where you're vibing you know and so just because you know the collective energy may be a little bit rough in some spots doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be rough so um i think it's important you know to talk about that we've had some um you know some personal struggles i know you've had some a lot of you know (laughs) health struggles not even just with your your health but with your partner's health um in the last part in the beginning of this year
1: pluto is at the anorectic degree of my sixth house
0: yeah (laughs) so there's all Um, it has
1: definitely showed up for me um even even the mercury retrograde uh it retrograded right on top of my Venus in the sixth house, and that's when my partner's health issues started getting worse. So you can mm-hmm. always see it in the chart, which some people let that scare them, but to me, it like helps me keep the faith that actually there's like a way we can go about learning from this and, yeah. and getting better health. Um, in fact, I, I was sitting there the other day, and I was um, I'm not no professional medical astrologer Mm -hmm. um but I found it super interesting um when I went back and looked to when I got diagnosed with certain health issues and how you can see those in my chart but not only can you see them but according to where the rulers and the different things are in the chart you can actually see the inner journey that you can take to make that health issue better. Mm, I love that. Um, and which fascinates me because we always talk about the mind-body connection and how all of that's like one, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you can go to the gym every day and eat really healthy, but if you're not doing the emotional work, right, you're still not going to have, you know, thriving relationships in life and, and the opposite as well. So, um, so yeah, so it's super interesting. I know um, I want to encourage people to journal, um only because um somebody one of the astrologers i watch mentioned to go back and look at the different moons and cancer we had this year huh. and so i went back and looked so first of all december 26th of 2022 is when we got the letter saying that um john had to stop taking this certain medication as it was affecting his kidneys well once he stopped that medication which was um, to help him not fill with fluid i mean uh-huh. he started filling with fluid uh-huh. <laughs> and so um I looked, and on January 6th of 2023 was a full moon in cancer. That very day, he was admitted to the hospital to remove fluid. Wow. Um, the new moon in cancer, on July 17th, we were sitting in the nephrologist's office being told that he had now had to go through the process to be put on the transplant list. Mm. The last full moon, on December 26th, exactly one year from the date we got the letter, he was having surgery to have a port put in his chest for dialysis. Wow. And so I thought about all of this, and it reminded me of a thread um, that I wrote on Twitter
0: mm-hmm. a few
1: years ago that did really well, where I talked about, like, the procession of the signs. Um, and so what I noticed with this this cancer, and I looked at John's 10th house mm-hmm. is cancer. John likes to be seen as an, um, a Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that has that no tower weakness, of tower of mm-hmm. strength. And so a lot of this journey that we've been through has now led to a public acknowledgement to his friends and family that, look, this is pretty serious. Mm. So it's altering, in a way, his public image, right? And so um, just the things that you can notice, (laughs) you know, when you know astrology and when you know human design, not just in your own chart, and we've said this so many times, but like, especially like if there's something going on, I can look at your chart or Isaac's or the kids or whatever, and you can do the same for me with human design, and we're able to kind of help navigate Absolutely. Those things so much better, I think, when we have that knowledge, um, other than just floundering and, and then right. freaking out, you know, because I mean, that, that's that been, I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons um, that I keep going back to and that you and I have talked about is being who I say I am. Mm. And so part of that for me is if I want to be out here talking, doing a podcast, teaching people emotional intelligence, then I need to live that life. Yes. Um, it, but that doesn't mean that things aren't hard sometimes or no. that I don't break down and have a cry or that I don't, you know what That's I mean? just being human. um, I think just letting yourself feel what you feel is important. So, um, there were moments during this process where I was very mad at the universe, um, mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, I've changed so much of my life and so much of myself as a person and like, why can't we just catch a break kind of right. attitude? Um, but as I I know there's a self awareness there while I'm feeling that way, just let myself feel it. It's going to pass, right? Yeah. And then I pull myself together and I handle it in an emotionally intelligent fashion. So I don't want to make it seem like all these things are coming down on me, and it's been perfect, and I've been yeah, you know, just the, navigating, just navigating, with navigating the, the it highest. with no yeah, <laughs> you no, know? that's true. Um, so so that's a big part of it, um, I think. But for John, um, when we talk about cancer, it's a sign that represents the past, our cultural familial upbringing. Um, And so i can understand um where his lessons are right now is to look at that for himself look at you know cancer for him is opposite that fourth house of home and family so it's more about like how do the family cycles traditions things he learned how did that lead him um, Mm -hmm. to where he's at now and a lot of that for him has been his relationship to food um, you know uh, how much he drinks uh, not alcohol or anything crazy but just in general Um, and so it's been interesting watching him kind of navigate that emotional space and that emotional healing as well as we've gone kind of along this journey. The
0: relationship, you know, between, you know, food and and eating healthy is a very emotional journey because a lot of, um, you know, where we get our feelings around food come from our childhood. And, um, I think it was Socrates that said, you know, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. And, and it's, it's hard in this world that we live in, in this end stage capitalism world where um, all the food is poison and it feels like very difficult to, you know, to get a grasp on our health. I think, you know, part of it is by design, but, you know, it's a very revolutionary thing almost to care for yourself and to be conscious about um, the things that you're eating and it's kind of, you know, a way I look at it, it's like a form of rebellion, you know, because they're trying so hard to push us toward all of this kind of fake food and, and, um, you know, kind of different ways of artificially <coughs> caring for ourselves and our bodies that to do things that are, are more natural and more based in, um, you know, what I call it like God's medicine in a way is – um is is a rebellious act and so um that's i made some decisions in in line with that nothing that happened as serious as john but just in my you know stopping dyeing my hair and um doing things that are you know bucking the conventional uh, beauty trends i guess um But as far as I'm very interested in medical astrology, it's it's a very interesting topic. And it's something that I've been like listening to more and more creators talk about. Um, One of the things um, that happened last year for us was Isaac had brain surgery right on his Chiron return in Aries
1: which is his 12th house
0: yeah and so it was like a hidden something that was hidden mm-hmm. that he didn't know um he had a what was called a vestibular schwannoma uh, which is a benign tumor it was on his balance nerve but it was starting i wouldn't to... say
1: that wasn't as serious that was pretty serious Oh, it is very serious <laughs> yeah very
0: serious for him yeah. i'm saying um it, but as my things were not as serious but very serious in, in terms of you know, going through that with him and and him going through this massive surgery and um, kind of our dynamic switching in that he's always been um, kind of the caretaker of of our family and, like, he's got that gate 19, so he's very concerned about um, caring for everybody and I had to, um, and I'm still having to, you know, step into that role more, whereas I've been the one that's been more, I guess outside focused you know i have a capricorn 10th house and so i'm about all about my public image and reputation and 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 that went through some major transformation um in just being with um you know be, being able to be with him through his healing and i mean the healing journey is still ongoing you know he still struggles with with headaches and um you know different things i'd like and to
1: hearing say. right and the yeah he has no ear- hearing yeah. and
0: his on his right side um and so that's been another adjustment we have to like sit certain ways at restaurants and have to um you know do things that are you know in some way he gets overwhelmed even more easily um, when there's, like, a lot of different noises because he doesn't have that, you know, equilibrium balance. Oh, I can't even
1: imagine how difficult that would be.
0: Yeah, and so he can get, um, you know, like I said, overwhelmed, frustrated. And so it's just been, um, you know, navigating that with him um, has been healing for both of us in a way. And it's caused me to have to work on my um, my more feminine energy. You know, that's where my wound sits. Chiron is in gate two, which is like the most feminine gate in human design. That's where my Chiron is. So I've had a hard time, I think, feeling safe enough to be in my feminine. Um, I've always been a very hyper independent person being, you know, so much Aries and things like that. I felt always like, you know, I, I had to handle everything, and, um, you know, and Isaac has always been, you know, he's a Venus-ruled person, I'm a Mars-ruled person, and so um, he's always been the one that's been the more of the, you know, nurturing, caring, and um, I don't want to say feminine, but it is more like receiving of
1: you, what you, well, people would perceive as feminine, because right. I think we try to be very careful when we talk about those, because... Obviously we're supportive of Oh yeah. The LGBT, what you know, so we're not saying that there's only be, male and female genders. Are. Um <clears throat> but just in the terms of like the yin and yang energy that we all possess within us, right? And yes. he just leans more more yang. Yeah. Where you lean more yin. Yeah. You know? And I think too, because I was I was thinking about that thread that I wrote on Twitter about the signs. And Aries is like, you know, this is so you and Isaac. I was telling you a little bit earlier, but so Aries is this um <clears throat> where we basically we come out of the womb, right? Yeah, We're born and we really don't know anything. We just we're here and we want to pioneer something and and that's it. Like we you know. But then Taurus provides this like um and for you that's where the wound is. So maybe there's something there related to the healing that you and Isaac have done. Definitely. Um but Taurus comes in and provides cuz you figure Taurus is about the senses and the material world, right? Mm-hmm. And so Taurus comes in and provides um the safety and security for Aries to explore and to play and he to and to that. yeah, and so I thought of you and Isaac immediately when I when I was thinking about that. But um, so as you're going through this process, I mean your Aries is always ready to go, right? And then he's the one that's like holding a safe and steady space for you um, to support. He's doing support it right you. now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: the girls at the library while we're recording. recording. Yeah, <laughs>
1: so you can see it so clearly yeah, in your relationship. It it's is. beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm and very I. Lucky to I think, you know, Aries doesn't have a a real good ability to ground themselves. Yeah. Um, and Taurus is very grounded. Yeah. And so I think of sensory play where, like I said, Taurus makes it safe for Aries to play, to touch, to taste, to feel, to, you know, to experience and, yeah. and, and, and to teach them about their senses in a way. Um, and then, of course, Taurus represents the outside world. So the measure of safety and security that an Aries has um, is going to determine the the path they take so if if as an Aries uh, if you were born with like structure and security and safety you're probably going to thrive more than an Aries who would say not provided yeah that safe space right that so the signs all have a duality and so somebody with a safer environment is probably going to express a higher quality of Aries where somebody with a, um, a not so safe environment may be more shadow Aries so I think that plays a part in it Um, but you know, then we get to Gemini, right. Where we're, where we're talking about the adjustments that we need to make to the environment because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're in an environment, if you're raised in an environment that isn't safe, well, you got to figure out how to create a safe environment. And and I feel like that's Gemini, right. Where we're like, um, you know, we're Aries, we're curious, we're just born, we're trying to figure things out. Taurus comes in and and says, well, this is your environment where things are safe or unsafe. Mm-hmm. And then you get Gemini going, okay, maybe we should, like, put some plugs in the outlets and lock some drawers and cabinets right. and, <laughs> you know, baby-proof the space. <laughs> that's, that's how I was looking at it earlier. I was kind of laughing. I was like, that's kind of what it is, you know, because as Aries, it's it's where we're the most naive, we're you know yeah. we're fresh, you know. For me, that's the ninth house, and so it's no surprise that I've gone through the the shifts I have with religion and spirituality and things that are ninth house related, right? <laughs> I look so.
0: at the oppositions in my chart. My chart is very um, focused on like first house, seventh house. Like I have my um, sun, Venus, Mars, and a couple asteroids in Aries, um, and I'm an Aries rising. And then so my seventh house, I have Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto all there um, in Libra. And so I was really meant to learn a lot in this life through my relationships and learn yeah. to be more receptive and more um, in my feminine, which has been you know, difficult for me. And this is the first relationship that I've had where I even feel safe enough to actually be in my feminine. And I think... Um, to even
1: explore it a little bit. Right. Same with John. Like, I've never been in a relationship that I was safe enough to do that with. Yeah. yeah. And I think
0: that a lot of women uh feel that way. That That, I mean, there's all of this... It feels like we have a lot of like men versus women, and again, this is like kind of divide and conquer stuff, where um, you have a lot of women expressing that they feel like they're the ones doing most of the things around the house, and you know they're still they're still going out and working because capitalism requires it, but yet they also have to come home and work, and they are not feeling like you know their partner is necessarily picking up any of the slack at home, and then you have men who feel like their women, their, woman, their women are, you know, controlling and domineering and they have, you know, but really it's that they're in their masculine energy. And so it's kind of like the, it's striking that balance of, for both people in a relationship. Um, and, you know, I think that we're going to see, um, you know, Aquarius uh, energy is kind of, um, can be like some pullback. And so I think we're going to see more and more um, non-traditional partnerships, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe women getting together and all buying a house together, that kind of stuff. Even men together, um, because there is such a um, a difference, and and we are not we have not quite hit the emotional intelligence level in order to embrace those differences and learn to live within those differences and so before we can it is going to cause I think some strife um, and some further um, separation uh, before we can finally you know come together
1: well and I think too when we're talking about Aquarius right and you're talking about a relationship um, you each have to be able to to have an individual expression yeah within that relationship and I think you know, either side, whether it's the woman or the man or in, in a non-traditional relationship, either side, um, we we try to, if the other person would just do this, we've talked about yes. this before, if the other person would just do that. And I think we're just going to come to realize that we're wasting our time wishing the other person would do something. Well, <laughs> you it's know? kind of
0: like, <clears throat> I think, and we've ta- actually, Isaac and I just had this conversation because it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? So, you know, w- women, we, I think a lot of women would love to be in our feminine energy um, but we don't feel safe enough to be able to do it and that comes from, um, you know, men not being able to provide the safe space or being that kind of, like, provider role um, where, like, for me, like, if if I'm stressed out about money, I'm very much in my masculine energy and so, if, if, I was, you know, whereas if Isaac's out, like, making a whole bunch of money, I have a way of being more, you know, relaxed and feminine and things like that. So, I mean, it's not just about money, but it's about...
1: The security. Yes. Taurus is, you know, at the root of it, your second house, Taurus, is about the security that money offers you. It's not the money itself.
0: Right. It's just having that stability. And Mm -hmm. so um, if women don't feel safe or they don't feel like they have that stability and that security, then they are going to be more in their masculine. And so it's like, okay, well who has to provide the security and the stability? Does that need to happen first? Or do I need to be in my feminine first in order to get my man to want to provide the, the security and this, you know what I mean? So it's like a, it's like a cycle. (laughs) It is
1: hard because if, if the man does not provide a space uh, for emotional you know, connection and emotional safety, it's really hard to do that first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot, you know, in between when I left my ex-husband to when John and I got together, there was like a five-year span, mm-hmm. you know, where I worked on, you know, these kind of things before I got into another relationship, and it was still hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I worked on it for five years, and there are still triggers that come up. You know, I can think of John being in the hospital um, a couple weeks ago, I might have told you about this and um I'm at home and I've got all you know my blood pressure as you know I started struggling with my blood pressure again after it being fine forever and I'm trying to work and I'm trying to you know figure all these things out that how are we gonna make it he's not working right now and he was definitely the breadwinner do you know what I mean so um, and, I, and then on top of that I'm stressing myself out about the house mm-hmm. like he's gonna come home I need to get the house in order and then I stopped and I was like wait a minute that was my old relationship. Right. Like, the house would have had to been, it still wouldn't have been good enough, you know. Right. But um, I didn't have to, like, make the house all pristine and perfect for him to come home to. He doesn't care about that. Do you know what right. I mean? So, it was interesting because it led, you know, to a conversation between, between him and I that ended up being very beautiful and, you know, creating more safety, um, you know. But it's, it's just amazing what having somebody that allows you to to feel safe emotionally can do for you um but if you don't have that i mean you are going to see people i think leaving relationships where that's not yeah that's not there and working on cultivating that within themselves and
0: i think it definitely works both ways um because i think there's some internalized misogyny amongst women that we want our men to be these like strong and non-emotional types or at least that's what we've been shown or taught um and whereas obviously we're all human we all have both of this duality of energy within us and so we we all have an emotional side and so men have been taught to not express it to repress it or that anger or you know violence is the only acceptable form of emotional outlet and so a lot of women i think get can get into a judgmental zone around their men wanting to you know, have some emotional, um, talks or, or, you know, when their men do, um, want to soften, um, there can be a, you know, a pushback from, uh, against that because this is, you know, goes against what we are taught that men are supposed to be, or they're looked at as weak or, you know, I mean, I don't think this is true for everybody, but I think as a general consensus, um, you know, women have their own set of toxic behaviors that, that we need to heal through and get past about how we view the men in our lives and looking at them more as, um, you know, whole emotional
1: creatures just like we are. I was thinking about this last night. so It's funny that you bring it up because, you know, all the men I've been with in the past, you know, the anger is just an expression of another emotion. Yeah. Um, they've all been angry. My whole life, men have just been angry. Uh, John is not an angry man. Right. Um, In fact, he is very, uh, very soft. Like, he will cry watching videos of, Mm -hmm. like, soldiers coming home to their kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, And so um, it's weird because in one way it's really different for me, like, to see a man actually, like, be able to express his emotions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is this internalized, like, thing that you're not supposed to be attracted to that. Right and i think we can get ourselves in trouble if we're not self aware about that because it is subconscious programming it absolutely and, is and uh i love that about him
0: yeah you know what i mean
1: i love that about him so so but there is this thing i don't want to call it a repulsion a repulsion but it's it's almost like there's something subconscious when it happens where it's like oh that's not supposed to be this way you right. know right um, but I love it because, honestly, a well-rounded man is strong. Is, yes. You are able to lean on him. All of these to things. To me, it
0: takes more strength to be able to be yes, vulnerable. Yes, that's but. what I tell
1: John all the time. But, you know, he has Venus in cancer, which I love. But he um, is opposite mine. But, yeah, it does take more strength for any of us, male, female, and, um, non-binary, any of us, to, to be vulnerable and, and, and to express our emotions in ways that are uh, healthy, I would say, um, it, it takes a lot of strength and courage, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I think that that's another thing that we're moving, um, you know, with this all this Pluto and Capricorn ending and going into Pluto and Aquarius is. And it's not that Aquarius, like I said, is an emotional sign by any means, um, but I think we're gonna see more emotional intelligence at the end of this. I think. Oh um, yeah. You may see in the beginning, especially as Pluto enters Aquarius, like this, like I said, this usurping and, and, and these these changes and tribes and dynamics and relationships. Um, But it's because we are all looking for, like you said, that emotional security, that emotional safety, because I'll tell you what, you can build all the material, you know, stability you want. And if it's all taken from you tomorrow, what do you have? Yes. There has to be an emotional foundation, inner emotional, you know, Saturn and Pisces, and I keep saying this, um, is not about outer discipline. It is not about the hustle to make things happen. Saturn and Pisces is about inner discipline. How mm-hmm. often am I sitting with myself in the vibration of what I'm trying to create? Because that's part of the structure. Yes. And we and we we really are so ingrained with this, uh, the gender roles and the and the hustle and, and all of these things where actually a huge part of the process is energetic. Yes. It's inner stuff. And so Saturn and Pisces I mean until 2026 is about us learning to uh, discipline our inner selves and 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 to sit in sustained vibrations of what we're trying to create and manifest in our lives
0: I love that
1: yeah and I just think that that's you know that's that's where we're headed and like I said in the previous episode when um, we end Aquarius season, we are pouring into the mouth of Pisces the mouth of God so to speak because mm-hmm. Pisces is God right mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think, you know, getting, um, more attached to our inner divinity and our inner higher self and all of that is going to be very important.
0: And also creating, and Isaac and I talk a lot about this too, is, is, you know, a lot of women, I think they want, they want their man to lead, but it really is about leading yourself and, and about taking that. Um, personal responsibility, and that's what really creates trust is is not a man like telling you what to do, but somebody who's showing you who they are because they are that way in and man out. Man or woman.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Be who you say you are, exactly. right? That's what we keep going back to. Uh, very uh, Venus, Retrograde, and Leo lesson for me, uh, especially in my first house, was that be who you say you are. And if I can get mad if I want all day long that I'm expected to lead somebody or something, Right. But what good is that going to do me? It's like Isaac saying earlier, oh, I can't complain. And I'm like, well, you could. It's just not going to change right. anything but bring you more sh- to complain about, yeah. you know? Um, so it's it's really, it really, really is about leading yourself. That's what emotional intelligence is. It's always bringing it back to the self. Because if you're in a relationship or a situation that's not conducive to your health and happiness, it's still on you to leave that relationship yes. or situation. Um it you know, I hate to say, we talked about in the Aquarius uh, overview about um, the facts don't care about your feelings. They just don't. They don't. It doesn't mean your feelings don't matter. They matter. And, and so emotional mm-hmm. intelligence lets you sit in those emotions and sort through them, but they are your responsibility. Yeah. You can't make your partner or other people responsible for your emotional state, your happiness. That's not fair. That's a lot to put on another person. Absolutely. Yeah, you
0: almost, you have to be kind of, when you're starting this process and you're starting going inward um, and doing, you know, what's like they like to call shadow work or um, kind of looking at all of your stuff, you kind of have to be a detective of your own emotions. You have to really, um, you know, when you're activated or some people like to call it triggered um, by something, whether it be a person or a situation or something like that, it's really important to stop and examine that emotion and to because you can shift yourself I think that a lot of people feel like oh they get this sense of pride um where I know you and I have talked about this where they're just it doesn't matter what you know if they're on their their idea or they have their um you know what they feel is right it's hard to get people to come back and step back even if halfway through the conversation that that person realizes that they're completely wrong about a situation it, it we're we still have such it, this self-righteousness that it it like it's it's from school from programming that you know we have to be right we have to be we have to get the best on the test we have to pass we have to the get competition the best grade yes mm-hmm. and so And oftentimes, I think in relationships, and I can even speak for my own that this is true. um, You know, as a you know Mars ruled person married to a Venus ruled person, I can kind of get in that you're my opponent and not my partner. And what you're saying is, you know, somehow against me rather than trying to help us as a couple. And so people get butt hurt. Well, and you you
1: also have a Sagittarius moon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, so your inner world, if somebody activates or triggers you, that self-righteousness is almost an automatic response for you that you can't even help because that's just how you were born. Your self-awareness, obviously... Lends to growth in that area, right, in your inner world. Very difficult for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can see it because you know not only do you have all that Aries and your Mars ruled, but you have a Sagittarius moon, right, and Capricorn tenth house, which you were taught about prestige, and you were taught about you know that mattering pretty much above all else. And so of course you're going to be competitive because you've got to compete to be the best, to be the greatest of all time, right? You know, and so, um, but just these things are not it doesn't mean we're that way forever it tells us why we are a certain way when we start learning about this stuff like our birth charts and stuff but it doesn't mean you you can't evolve right and grow from there you do and and knowing this stuff really helps and it helps us both um if we if i know there's a certain like right now saturn is in my eighth house of um joint assets and resources life and death trans big transformations all of that and he's gonna be opposing my moon and Saturn. Mm. Okay, what does my moon rule my 12th house? So we know a lot of this is gonna be stuff that is uh, uprooting things from my subconscious. And Saturn rules my sixth and seventh house. So it's gonna be through health issues, through work-related stuff, that we're gonna to have to focus more on our joint resources. Well, what's happening in my life right now? My partner, Saturn rules my seventh house, is sick. Mm-hmm. We had you actually, as our realtor, <laughs> um, wrote us up a thing to get me put on the deed of the house very 8th house, Saturn in the 8th house, right? And then also, um, I'm meeting with my cousin later today who works um, in insurance, and she's going to go over with me life insurance and advance direct. These are very Saturn in the 8th house stuff. Now, does it mean that, you know, people don't like to face this stuff. That's John's true. one of them. He, You know, he knows we have to, but it's very hard because it's, it's literally he's facing his own mortality right now. Yes. And that is Saturn in my 8th house, is my partner is facing his own mortality, and so we're having to decide um, opposing my second house of what my resources are on my own. Like if he is something were to have happened to him when all this went down, I would have lost the house. I would have lost everything. Yeah. And so knowing that these transits are there, even if it's scary to face or whatever, it's like, I know I have to do that because once I do that, it's over, you know, and, and everything, there's some safety and security, like, underlying all of everything else we're going through even right. if we can't control the situation at the surface level right now you know the the basic underlying safety and security issues are dealt with and they're in place yeah um so yeah so knowing the transits i think is so huge and it knowing is. how they're affecting you um is super huge you know it and when we're talking about people relationships and the environments you're in that's very gemini um, one astrologer I followed uh, likened it to say say it's a cold environment you're gonna skin a deer and wear its hide mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so a lot of what we're gonna see in, in Mars last time he went retrograde um, a couple years ago was in Gemini so a lot of us were already rethinking our environments at that time I feel like mm-hmm. you know so you're gonna see a lot more of that especially as um, we get to like I think it's May when Jupiter moves into Gemini right and then yeah. Jupiter's gonna square Saturn so there's gonna be You're going to want to grow and expand in your environment, but there's something, you know, with Saturn and Pisces still that you're not addressing about the inner work or the divinity needed to get you there. Um, So, so yeah, so I would just say, you know, Gemini is about duality, learning what we like, what we don't like, you know, how we can shift our environment. Um, It's also about learning, I think, the rules of society Mm. um, and, and how we fit in there. Um,
0: Makes sense because it's like your local community, and that's where we first learn about, you know, how things or our perception of how things yeah. work in, you know, within our neighborhoods, within our, you know, small kind of local groups. Only then, once we can understand that, can we move on to, you know, more broader. Societal issues.
1: Yeah. Which is, which is the opposite of Gemini would be Sagittarius, right? right? So, so Gemini, and, and of course you have that natural chart. So Gemini would rule that third house of like you're saying community, um, local, like, you know, the things you do every day, the people you talk to every day. Right. Um, a lot of times people don't understand this, but uh, the third house can be very much about friendships as well. Mm. Like if it's a friend Makes that sense. you actually speak to every day, like, um, me and you. like you, yeah, mm-hmm. I would probably fall in my third house. Right. So, um, so, yeah, so that's very Gemini. But then I think people, um, when it comes to cancer, mm-hmm. th- we we always want to focus on the emotional aspect of it. But like I said, it's so much deeper than that because now we're, okay, we're born and then we have, we, we learn what's safe and unsafe as we explore and may, let our senses come to life and, and what feels pleasurable and all of that and Taurus. And then we're in Gemini where we're learning our environment and the rules of society and all of this. Um, and then we get to cancer where we have to consider our familial structures. Yeah. So a lot of times what happens is we go out into the world and we're in um, learning from the community and everything, but we don't stop to realize until then that stuff that goes on at home is not what's going on out here. That's a very right?
0: good point because I think we learn, especially in our personal relationships and in our, our love relationships, we learn how to be in those from our family and from our, you know, our parents. And, and, and so uh, we tend to model those within our relationships and, and, and repeat those patterns. And I know many of us did not have the best role models for how to be, you know, in a relationship. And so we tend to play those out, um, those same dynamics out that we saw um, when we were young. And so it's very important, I think, as part of your healing to explore both, you know, your, your mother and your father and, you know, the rest of your family and, and people that were in relationships there and how, um, those have shaped us in the relationships that we're in now. Um, and, and really kind of looking at some behaviors, because a lot of those behaviors that we have are very subconscious and they're very, Um, you know, they're automatic, they're part of us and it's part of our personality. I mean, you know, up until age seven, you pretty much are just a subconscious mind. And so um, you're just a sponge absorbing everything and absorbing everything from your environment. And so we learn so much from our families and how to be and act and do without questioning if that is really serving us, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we'll tend to play out those same patterns over and over and over and a lot of times we're hitting, you know, walls in our relationships and, and sometimes, you know, destroying our relationships because of we cannot separate ourselves from that patterning that we grew up with with our in our in within our family structures. Yeah, and
1: then those patterns, I mean, they're not always bad, obviously, but some of, like, my mother taught me to read from age four. I'm so grateful that she taught me to love reading, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, So I can Same. look back and, and pick and choose things like that, but... But obviously we're all human beings and that includes our parents and they come with their own set of trauma and activations and all of that, that then get placed onto us. Yep. And I think in Gemini, um, we can get so lost in trying to figure it out intellectually, um, that if we don't stop and consider the history, uh, uh, of where we come from and the family we come from and how that's affected us emotionally, that's where we get a little stuck. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the astrologers um, that I watch on TikTok, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, it's I-L-A-N-A, but she talks about cancer being where we're having this, like, serious family dinner, Mm -hmm. right? But then we get to Leo where we're, like, out partying at the club with our friends, (laughs) right? So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? And so the the first four signs are really um, us really just discovering and figuring out our environments and, like, people around us and what's safe and not safe. And then we get to Leo and we're like, we just want to create something, Right. of our own. Yeah. That's where the authenticity so where comes in. Everything we yeah. create has a heartbeat, you know, we in like you said individuate uh to some degree. Um and I think, you know, this Leo is ruled by the sun, right? And so this is where we start to finally understand our own core vitality and our own core motivations um and where those come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you have to be willing to do the work and to look at these things um Without judgment. I mean, and that's the hardest part, without judgment or shame. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so I think, you know, there's that to be said. But then she talked about how, like, say we're at Leo, right? And she talked about how maybe you're going and you're performing at the School of Talent Show. Mm-hmm. And you do a great job. And everybody's clapping. And they're so excited. But here comes your piano teacher, mm-hmm. Virgo. Oh, You bird. need to practice some more. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, the, but this is because... You know, we go from Aries to Cancer, which shows our personality and how it's developed through our external environments, our rules, our constraints, our family cycles. Um, And then we start creating things from our own heart. And we are so, you know, Virgo's Virgos can be a very critical sign.
0: Well, I think it represents our inner critic as
1: well. Yeah, and And so here we are, we're we're putting something of ourself out there. And there is nothing worse than putting yourself out there in an authentic way, and, and being criticized for that. Yeah. Um, that can be very devastating.
0: I think sometimes we allow our inner critic so much power to protect ourselves from the external critics. And so we will criticize. I do this sometimes with my cooking, which is like the main example i can think of where you know i'm cooking is a creative expression for me it's something i love to do for my family and um
1: but you have a cancer fourth house
0: at, yes and so, <laughs> um but and so i'll cook a meal and i will immediately find something wrong with it um, based on my own tastes and the fact that you know well uh, the rice could have been cooked a little bit more, or I'm sorry that the sauce is not as thick as I wanted it to be. And whereas my family's like, we don't care about that. Like it it's tastes delicious. Great. right? I know. <laughs> and so we get into this inner critic where we're trying to protect ourselves and protect our emotions from external criticism, but really... We're creating all of it in our heads, kind of. Very
1: shadow Virgo, you know. It, it's very shadow Virgo. But this is because Virgo kind of understands what we were talking about in the last episode, the limitations of the current system. Yeah. But instead of rising above those limitations, it tries to work within them. Mm-hmm. So although you did a great job at the talent show, Virgo's thinking, well, if you practice more, you'll get more opportunities, and and, and it's, right. it's still the hierarchy, right? Right. Um, and so it's it's Virgo is trying to work within a system um full of limitations, not understanding, you know, that it can actually rise probably above those limitations. Right. And um, enjoy the harvest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, and so so I think, you know, just knowing again where where these signs fall on your chart, if you have planets in these signs, is gonna be very, very helpful. Um, just knowing for instance that I have Saturn conjunct the moon in Virgo. Um just without the north node just considering the saturn moon conjunction um being in the second house um, uh, I, w- I was going to be very self-critical do you know what i mean yeah. and, and critical of others because saturn does rule my house of other people as well but it was a mirror because every time i was you know critical or judging someone else it was because of something i didn't like in myself that's true
0: with all judgments yeah i think we get into like a judgment zone if you will where we're constantly judging ourselves and so therefore we're also judging everybody because we assume that they're judging us as well even though they're not it's something we we create so much in our heads and then we act on it it's just like it it's just like imaginary land you the know stories I mean? we tell
1: ourselves yeah that we've talked we've about created, so many times. you
0: know so much um you know criticism and judgment and especially if you were raised um like I was in like a hyper critical kind of environment that's all about you know status and pre- prestige and you have to get you know so much education and you need to get these things and you're only as good as your last achievement and all of that and so when you're raised there you have i mean eventually your own self just takes over in that same critical um you know mode and it doesn't help that i have the channel of judgment it's like the Not main like, channel I have. In you have
1: a design. Virgo 6th house too. Right. So part of your just daily habits and routine is like this chasing this perfection that doesn't yes. exist. Do you know yes. what I mean? Um and, and so you can see it there as well. I know you don't have any planets in Virgo, um, but you have a Virgo 6th house, you know, and it's ruled by Pisces Mercury. So I think there's part of you that wants to let go of that and like just kind of flow and right. like let your, and you're doing, obviously you're doing that intentionally now, which is great. Um, like you said, you have that second house Chiron, but you're also in a two year this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that plays out for you because I can already, even before the the new year started, I could already see that kind of shift in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's been super cool to see because perfection does not exist. <laughs> no, it
0: doesn't. As much as I want it to.
1: <laughs> and believe me, with a Virgo Saturn Moon and North Node all right there, I want it too as well. But it's it's just not going to. Right you know you have to accept the imperfections and and I think that's when when we don't that's when we get caught more up in judgment you know Um, I can just as an example this was several years ago I wasn't always um, the mom I am today obviously and I didn't like the way this lady was like interacting with her little daughter and immediately I was like I'm judging a past version of myself that was tough yeah But if you can do that, I mean, over time it does get easier because I I realize that's just a human thing that we do. Like, we all do that. Yeah. And really, if we're judging somebody else, uh, we're not being of service to them if we're being critical and judgmental of them. That's right. And Virgo is about being of service. It's about learning how to mentor and lead from a genuine space of wanting to serve other people, not of wanting to uh, make up for past versions of yourself. Right. I mean, all,
0: if we look at ourselves as, you know, we are... You know, holographic, you know, kind of mirrors of each other, any judgment that you have of somebody else is actually a judgment that you have of yourself or like a fear around your own self concept of some sort. So really, really examine the judgments that you have because... It's really something within you that you're judging either, uh, like you said, either a current version of yourself or or a past version of yourself.
1: Yeah, because you'll think when you're on this healing journey, you'll think at some point like you've reached this like certain level of some sort of mastery. No, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> because just when I think, oh, I'm not judgmental, I'll catch myself yeah. in the act of judgment. And I'm like, wait a minute. But see, that self-awareness, like I said, it brings a different element to it because then I can say, okay, why am I judging this person? What have I not forgiven in myself? in my, like you said, current or past version of myself? Is it something I'm currently struggling with or I did struggle with at one point? Because I think it's so common when we do finally overcome a trait that we didn't like in ourselves to act like it never existed. Right. <laughs> do you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> I don't know that person. Uh, I never you know? did that. <laughs> but,
1: you know, and, but that leads us to your opposition, which is Libra, right? Which is where we really get the mirrors. Oh, yeah. You know, because we might be out in the world in Virgo trying to serve and, and all of this and share our harvest. But then we got to go home yeah to the people in our lives we meet our friends for coffee we do all of the Libra things mm-hmm. um and these people often know us better than we know ourselves that's true and so I think you know it's tough because you have the Saturn Jupiter conjunction there as well mm-hmm. I think overall and Pluto. yeah and <laughs> Pluto. I think overall though the Saturn Jupiter conjunction is is a good thing Saturn's exalted in Libra um you know, so I think it, it just helps you, ex- your relationships help you expand your sense of discipline and security and things like that. They also um, help
0: me get comfortable with being more vulnerable, I feel. Like, I think definitely, I was talking to Isaac about this, like, that my relationship with you has taught me that it's okay to be more vulnerable and to share more about my life. And because I'm just an extremely private person, probably from fear of judgment, um, but I just do not share as much about myself and that that um, I guess can hinder me in a way especially with I have a Leo North node so I'm meant to be this authentic you know version of myself that is like this is me and
1: especially in that fifth house
0: yeah yeah. And so like my creative expression and everything is meant to come from this authenticity but yet I have this you know Capricorn 10th house where i i really care about appearances a lot and and so i don't um you know anything that's perceived as as negative it's kind of like i'm all you know the the highlight reel or whatever like a lot of people like to put out on social media it's that i can fall into that myself without you know and not wanting to put the tough stuff i'm going through out there um for fear of other people thinking you know that i'm because I have this um, reputation of being this kind of, like, strong, um, you know, independent woman. And and so it's, it's hard for me, but you have really helped me become more comfortable with that and realizing that people would really rather see that. They don't want, mm-hmm. and I think even moving into, you know, Pluto and Aquarius, it's not going to be about the... You know, when you think of even just social media and the influencer culture, and you got to show your 80 bajillion Stanley Cups in all
1: the different colors that you
0: have (laughs) and all the stuff, I'm just like, what the fuck are Where are we?
1: You got to give me something (laughs) way better to stand line for. I'm like,
0: y'all, people do not even drink enough water for all this. Um, (laughs) But. I I just that, you know, we're moving past that. And the the influencers, so to speak, of the future are going to be more like people like you and me, just moms, you know, living in modest homes that are, you know, like just doing our best and trying to, you know, find our inner truth and our inner personal power. Um, And it's not going to be this, you know, look at me and look at all these bright, shiny things that i have
1: well and speaking of libra that's where the south node is right now right so so with the north node and aries it's not so much about being selfish or putting ourselves first in all kinds of crazy ways it's really about emotional sovereignty in my opinion Mm -hmm. we are meant to yes build our own dreams and structure things after what we want right now with the north node and aries but it's more about doing that in an emotionally sovereign way Mm. whereas i think the south node and libra because libra on the shadow side can be very um superficial yeah. Like you said, very about just putting out that highlight reel and not what's going on behind closed doors. Right. And you have, you know, your most private house is in cancer. So your softness is kinda hidden from the world or has been. Yeah.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so your Capricorn tenth house is this is the image I want you to think that I was here everything's great, Yep. you know? Nothing ever goes wrong. Nothing ever goes wrong. (laughs) And then you've got the cancer fourth house where it's like you are soft at home, maybe a little bit with your family more so, you know, that that part of you does exist. It's just not something that you've been comfortable um, sharing and putting out there. Yeah. And like you said, for fear of judgment. Yeah. You know, Um, and I would say, too, you know, the moon rules your fourth house from the ninth house. So um, I feel like your journey through learning uh your spiritual journey you know is what probably has helped you um, bring more of that softness to the forefront yeah, um, you know.
0: Still working on it. <laughs> well, Which I'm mean, I'm really I, glad that
1: I've been a part of that. I know but, for me, I can overshare, so I I can take a few cues myself to maybe quiet down a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. My friend I was I went out to lunch with, and she called herself an overshare bear. <laughs> I thought that was
1: the cutest little. I'm gonna thing. use that.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that is definitely not me. You and I are very different <laughs> on that. Um, but I think we you're right. We both have things that we can learn from each, from each other. Each other Mm. on that um and so yeah because you know there is something to be said about not putting everything out there too and leaving a little something for people to wonder about because it creates um you know interest in what you're doing and um you know people like I get a lot of engagement around um projects if I put you know something out there that I'm doing like this latest thing I've talked about my winter sewing project uh, and I've had people, like, come and drop off milk jugs at my house. I have a and few for you, like and I that. forgot them. <laughs> um, and people just that I haven't talked to in a long time reaching out to me, like, oh, I got some milk jugs for you, you know. So um, it leaves a little bit of... of kind of like what is she up to you know (laughs) Um, because I don't I don't share everything I do all the time but I'm a very multifaceted uh, person that has a lot of different interests and a lot of which um,
1: I know because I talk to you every day right but people like on social media who don't talk to you they're not going to know that about you by what you post and my there's no way you could go to your page like, right now, I could go to your
0: page, uh-huh.
1: and it's it's better than it used to be, but there's no way people are going to understand your depths and the multifacetedness of you by looking Especially at your social media. Especially the
0: spiritual side of me, yeah. I feel like, has been the hardest to like put out there because some of my beliefs are can be are a little out there for people i think and um you know but of course aries is a very spiritual sign oh, it's, it's the absolutely. fire you know i mean it's it's like it's the first you know breaking free from the collective and it's um and so and i and being that i'm such an open um you know in my human design as such an open projector too i think that I have a lot of depth because I have all of those open centers that have absorbed so much information and so much knowledge over the years. Um, and so I, I just need to learn to be okay with putting more of that out because I, I have to know that. But you ha-
1: I mean, you have done better with that. I mean, you've put in a, you've put a couple posts on there recently yeah. and even when you had some disagreement, mm-hmm. um, I really liked the way that you responded to that disagreement. Um, just kind of share yourself, like, you do you, but here's, you know, why I think this. Right. And so you are getting a lot better at letting some of that out. But I definitely understand, because even I don't share, overly share spiritual stuff, like on Facebook. I used to. I mean, I have an Aries ninth house. So mm-hmm. I was always gung-ho, you know. Right. Martyr myself for a <laughs> cause. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it was religious or, or, or spiritual. Um, but that that is a lesson I've definitely learned. Um, but I think it's okay for us to... I think we have to check with our motivations. Yeah. Right? Because we talked in, in um, I think it was the Aquarius episode, where we talked about why are we sharing it? Are we right. just trying to get assurance for ourselves? Yeah. So I think, I think asking, you know, what I try to do before I share anything like this, ask myself, why am I doing it? Whether it's I'm writing a blog or I'm doing a TikTok or, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, am I doing this to garner, like, support for my idea? Or am I doing this because it just feels authentically like this needs to be said right now?
0: Yeah, I would say most of my stuff is, I'm a very, I'm very splenic and I'm, I, I understand my authority very well. And so I will go with my first mind. Um, Sometimes, you know, it doesn't always work out for me, but um, I can be kind of impulsive. Um, But I will just go and like, this needs to go out and put it out and this, you know, and so it's just my first, that first kind of nudge or thought um, of, and I better be ready to defend it, you know. In yeah. Some in some you know instances, uh, but it's definitely you know learning your authority and learning kind of what and and learning about your Mercury. Uh, I think is that's really how we communicate. Um, you know, it, it are really great places to start when you get past you know your basic you know Sun and Moon and Rising. Um, is is really you know because you want to train that Mercury Mercury and Pisces like I have is is can, can be kind of a tough placement. It's very um, sometimes I, I have a hard time articulating everything that I'm having my head is like so full. I just want to like be like you know, and <laughs> it's hard um, to be discerning. And so sometimes I can I can talk myself into a corner, and so and other times. I will feel one way in one moment, and then I'll be like, oh, well, that was then, and I don't even feel that way anymore. You know, I can go with that, you know, flowing, and so um, being married to somebody who's so fixed is, he's like, you know, he can get into oh well that's how you felt that must be how you always feel you know and it's like no (laughs) things change moment by moment over here okay (laughs) i don't you know who knows how i'll feel tomorrow but today this is the situation and so you know getting him to um kind of see that more and and realize that okay this is how she's feeling now um but this isn't how she's always going to feel about this situation. This isn't, you know, it's a very, you know, Pisces is flowy, right? You yeah, know? very so, much so. But, uh, I, you
1: know, that having that Mercury in, in the sign of Pisces in the 12th house, I mean, there's such a a connection to divinity there. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I know they say Pisces is um, in detriment, in, or Mercury is in detriment in Pisces, but... Um, I love it. I think it can make us uh, very poetic. I think Mercury and Pisces can be, like I said, it, you know, Pisces is God, the mouth of God.
0: I'm very psychic. And that's... yes,
1: yes, that's what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. With that 12th house Mercury, um, yes, it's going to cause issues because it's in the 12th house and it's in, it's in uh, detriment. But like I said, there is such a psychic uh, connection to the subconscious and to divinity there yeah. uh, that you can tap into.
0: I feel like I just have like this wealth of knowledge that I'm not really sure where it came from, (laughs) but I just know things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a clairsentience, I guess, uh, where I just know the answer to things. And even it could be something from the very, you know, distant human history or whatever, but it's just, it's part of my, my knowledge base. And I don't know, it helps me and hurts me sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely there though. Um, And I think, too, you know, again, the South and Libra being us looking at our, um, not just ourselves, but our connections differently and using them as the mirror that they're meant to be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you meet somebody and, and you start becoming close to them and you get vulnerable and intimate, that's Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna stay with you forever. Oh yes, the love <laughs> that know? nobody else has
0: loved ever, nobody else understands it
1: till death do yes, us part. Definitely,
0: definitely. Um, Everybody's had that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like um, we we talked we we did an episode on the Mars uh, Sun uh, cycle mm-hmm. in Scorpio. And I feel like this is us, uh, it represents the transformation that we go through in regard to our experience with others. Mm. Um, and that's all just shifting. I mean, all the energy, we talked about Pluto and Aquarius being about that too, but all the energy right now is having us look at um, not just ourselves, but like the connections and the environments around us and like, are those conducive to our well being? Right. You know? And Scorpio, sometimes you can, if you have a lot of Scorpio placements, um, or prominent Scorpio anywhere in your chart, um, you can cling to things mm. and, and you can hold on to them. It's a fixed water sign. Yeah. So it, it very much emotionally attaches, you know, and, and that those can be some of the strongest <laughs> strongest ties to break. Um I can't we had the South Node already go through Scorpio. So I feel like for the most part Scorpio placements have like probably learned a lot of Yeah, (laughs) a lot of their lessons um and then of course next we're gonna have um uh the nodes move into virgo and pisces which is my nodal opposition so that'll be interesting Mm. um but i feel like you know in scorpio we lose things we gain things we transform and evolve right and the problem we get into is right now we're uh we've been having a lot in sagittarius we have venus there right now still Mm -hmm. And like all the squares to Neptune that that's created. And you talked about this like self righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mars has moved on. He's exalted in Capricorn, but he was there, which added to this like intensity to want to be self righteous. Um, but I think where Sagittarius gets tripped up is because in Scorpio is where we reach our low point. Mm-hmm. And then after Scorpio, Sagittarius is the hope and optimism that returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can get caught up in seeing, um, especially if you like, you have a Sagittarius Moon. I have Neptune there. People with prominent Sagittarius can get caught up in seeing their truths as like the truth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Never and so <laughs> take their, all the perceived truths that I have face value. Sagittarius values. conjunct.
0: I mean, um, my Moon conjunct Neptune in my ninth house. Yes, Sagittarius. Yes, mm. you do. I'm very much. I can be. I can be a little self righteous. <laughs> I, think I, just, I
1: know it all I feel like Sagittarius you know it, it takes its truth and it perceives like I said it perceives truth that face value and wants to build from that space but Sagittarius isn't meant to build they're meant to explore it's Capricorn that we build uh, and so I think you got to be careful um, the self-righteousness is is a clue uh, self use self-awareness to realize okay why am I being self-righteous right now what am I trying to build before I'm ready what am I you know mm-hmm. those types of things um, because like I said, it's in Capricorn where we build, where I was telling you in the other episodes, it's the, I was here. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we want it to speak for, you know, itself. We don't want to have to explain anymore. We're done by the time we get to Capricorn explaining stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not that Capricorn, I mean, we talk so much negative stuff about Capricorn. I know
0: we do. And but... I don't
1: mean it as like Capricorn's not, I mean, Capricorn, like all signs, has a positive side. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just... My dad's
0: a Capricorn and he, I, I love a lot of his Capricorn energy
1: yeah I have a very
0: and, trustworthy I mean very just stable steady like you know just can be counted on to know all different kinds of um just stuff I think about structures and you know he's he has this very they're very all about their money that's for sure <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I have uh one of my favorite co-workers who you've heard me talk about a lot uh, he's our acupuncturist at work mm-hmm. and uh He is so much Capricorn, Mm. Uh, so much Capricorn. Uh, And I love him. Mm -hmm. You know, he he falls in my sixth house, which is very, very co worker um i said it's interesting i'll have to i want to do a little solar reading for him so i'll have to see where his capricorn falls if it touches my venus or not Mm. but um i thoroughly enjoy the man he's he's grounded he's uh very stable he's he's funny he's got a good yeah a lot of capricorns have like a dry humor very much you know um so there's definitely positive signs to capricorn so i'm sorry to any capricorns we've offended (laughs) with all of our pluto and capricorn talk um but it's really basically Pluto and Capricorn has just been exposing the shadow side of it. Right. You know, and how to get to and the, it's the evolved
0: systems, not the people really. Right. That. It's the Capricornian systems of, of control.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think when we get like I said, we said in the other episode, when we get to Aquarius, boy can we pinpoint everything wrong with society. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But we we have to realize again that we you know, competition um prevents solving the problems. Yeah. You know, if they can keep us competing with one another rather than collaborating, well,
0: yeah, they win and at their game. You mm-hmm. know,
1: and I think ultimately, you, you we talked about your Mercury and Pisces, and when we get to Pisces, this is about surrender, mm-hmm. surrendering all of it to the divine, to your higher self, to because it, it. I have a card in a frame, and and I usually change it every so often, mm-hmm. um, and it has been the same for so long, and it, it says when I think I've surrendered. I surrender more mm, I love that and it's hard it's hard to do because we want to control yeah <laughs> control everything there's right? a lot to
0: be said for just accepting what is and acceptance is the the way forward really is because we splay our energy out by trying to either you know change the past or control the future or whatever but accepting what is is really just grounding into the present yeah so. All righty. Well, I think this was a really good talk. Um, Did you want to talk about the giveaway?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay,
0: so um, we are going to, um, we're trying to get some more engagement here on the podcast and some more people listening. And um, in order to do that, we thought it would be a nice treat for you guys. Um, If you want to um, comment on the podcast or follow the podcast and Um, Send us a comment. We can reach out with an email or or whatever and we would like to give away a free um, Astrology or or human design reading um, or actually both um, Potentially um, that we could feature on the podcast Uh, So if that is something that you are interested in um, if you're interested in a free reading Of course, we wouldn't use your name or anything like that But we would have a podcast episode Um, dedicated to giving you a personal reading Um, so if you want to um, reach out or leave a comment um, on the podcast um, that you're interested in a reading then we can um, connect and we will be doing a drawing for all those interested and um, and if you don't get drawn your name just stays in the drawing so um, and and the next um, I think free flow episode, we are going to be doing um, somebody's reading. So that'll be really cool. Yeah, it'll be Uh, fun. So let us know. Make um, sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're subscribed. (laughs) Um, And then also we are starting a YouTube. Um, It is the Grand Rising Podcast. So please feel free to go over and subscribe on YouTube. And I promise I'll be getting more podcast episodes up. And we are also going to be um, getting this year our studio and um, the video component added so you can see our lovely faces Which as, I'm we, very excited yeah, about. as we talk about all of these fun things so thank you so much for joining us today on the grand rising podcast we hope you guys have had a great start um, to the year and we look forward um, to talking to you next week Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Grand Rising podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you would please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. This helps us and ensures you stay up to date on the latest conversations. We say Grand Rising because the time has come for us all to stop mourning and start rising.